0: Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Liz Brunett. Liz is a recent graduate in our Executive MBA class of 2023, and she and I recently connected to talk more about her MBA journey, how she decided to pursue an MBA, what led her to Darden, the impact of her Darden experience, what she's been up to since graduation, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here is my interview with Liz Brunett. Liz, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Brett. Happy to be here today.
0: Ash, it's great to have you here. Um, you know, I was thinking about potential podcast guests and people always enjoy conversations with alumni. And uh, your story is a really, really interesting one. I'm so glad that this worked out. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you. You know, I don't always think my story is interesting, but I'm hoping someone does.
0: <laughs> well, how have things been? I know it's a little while since since graduation. So um, how, how have things been going?
1: Things have been going really well. Actually, five days after graduation, I drove across the country with my husband, my baby, and my dog in tow and resettled outside of Seattle, Washington. And it's been nonstop ever since.
0: Wow, that's a, that's a lot of change. Um, how do you like Seattle?
1: Oh, um, besides the fact that now it's the rainy season, which will pretty much stay like this until next summer, um, it's beautiful. And it's a it's a fun place to be. You know, I'm going miss the East Coast. I was there for a number of years, but I love change, and so here I am in Seattle.
0: Oh, that's great! It's a beautiful place, the Emerald City, it as is. it is so called. Well, that's great. <laughs> well, beautiful. let's start. Let's start with uh, the same first question that we all ask all of our podcast guests. Um, tell us a little bit more about you. Who are you, and and what's your background?
1: Yeah, no, happy to. Um, my name is Liz Brunette. I'm from Burlingame, California small town outside of San Francisco, born and raised. I went to West Point, was a 2012 graduate, uh, commissioned as a U.S. Army officer and deployed to Afghanistan and did a bunch of fun things in the Army as an intelligence officer from uh, about 2012 to 2018. Uh, 2018 was my first inflection moment where I decided to step back from active duty, join the reserves where I've been ever since, so going on 12th Plus years total in the military. And uh, 2018, I also joined Amazon. Decided to, you know, work for just a small mom and pop owned company. <laughs> Start small, make my way up. So just kidding. Um, joined Amazon, came in through an operations path and, um, became a senior operations manager pretty quickly at Amazon and then, um, became a general manager of an Amazon fulfillment center, uh, during COVID, which was a very interesting experience, general management in a warehouse operations, increased productivity and, uh, you know, expectations for, you know, con- you know uh, customer packages uh, during a time when it was a very challenging operation. Um, I, I had a great time, learned a lot, which was one of my compelling reasons to want to pursue an MBA. Um, and I continued my business journey at Amazon um, in corporate in 2020, 2021 timeframe. Uh, where i've been ever since supporting a couple of different orgs most recently i was supporting amazon's global diversity equity and inclusion team and now i'm supporting our tech sourcing team at amazon so i'm in a principal business operations role supporting amazon
0: Wow. So lots of things to talk about uh, there. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that at first inflection point, because I know um, you come from the military, you're moving into the private sector, even continuing reserve. So that's, that's a big change. How'd you figure out what you wanted to do?
1: Absolutely. Uh, oof, you're bringing me back. 2018. I, uh, I knew coming out of the military, having a background in strategy, leadership, intelligence, how intelligence supports operations. I was interested in pursuing something similar, but to be honest, I didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And, you know, sometimes I still feel that way, but especially in, you know, Liz back in 2017, 2018. And I, you know, started looking like most people do at job titles, job roles. LinkedIn was really helpful. Uh, Talking to friends and family were helpful. And ultimately, I decided um, operations would be a really interesting path into learning more about the private sector and and what roles are out there. And and, uh, my career at Amazon has just snowballed from where I started to where I am now. It's a a complete 180. But um, that was the perfect initial step into the civilian sector, into the private sector to figure out what I wanted to be. And that absolutely led me to my MBA. And that's led me to where I am today.
0: I'm thinking about your warehouse experience. I, I went with—I guess it feels like a, a number of years ago—but one of the trips that we took here in the DC area with some of our executive MBA students, back in 2017, 2018, was to a fulfillment center in Baltimore, and it was a huge uh, fulfillment center, probably one of the largest on the East Coast, maybe one of the largest uh, at the time in the Amazon uh, network. And they had the robots that that move uh, oh, yeah. the. Uh, all the stuff around, and that was fascinating mm-hmm. to see. But the other thing that was really staggering was just how much stuff is flowing out of the warehouse to be shipped and just, just the volume and the pace of everything. And, and I'm thinking about pandemic, people are shopping online or asking for things to be delivered. You got supply chain shortages, you have customer expectations, you have employees that you're, that are concerned about their own health and stress of all of that. I mean, that is a very complicated, uh, managerial situation.
1: Yeah, yes, to say the least. Um, I did very well in my operations and supply chain classes at Darden, largely due to my experience at Amazon, leading in operations. I could directly apply a lot of, um, you know, hands-on experiences I had.
0: Yeah, I can believe that. I mean, how do you? I mean, obviously, you had you had prior experience in the military at that point, but that's such a novel. I mean most of us had not been through something like a pandemic before I, you know I just how did how did you adjust during that period i feels like that would have been a lot
1: well without sounding cliche one of the things you learn pretty quickly in the military is how to adapt in unusual circumstances especially when you know the operation increases and there's kinetic action you just have to adapt to the situation and make the best of it and make right decisions. And that's why you plan, right? You put plans in place so that when there's, you know, you need to start it, um, you have something to go off of. And especially leading in operations, there are so many plans. <laughs> there's a game plan for everything. And of course, COVID challenged game plans completely, um, but it wasn't that uh, everyone was starting from scratch. We just had to adjust where we were. And, you know, I was one of many leaders just trying to figure out how do we make the best Situation out of something that's new and very challenging, while keeping everyone safe.
0: All right. Well, you mentioned that you started to think about an MBA at some point along this journey. Um, what initially attracted you to, to, to an MBA?
1: Yeah, um, I think my uh, my grand business journey at Amazon uh, challenged, you know, my understanding of leading as a business manager. And as a business leader, but I have to say, maybe it was a little bit of imposter syndrome. Maybe it just was a little bit of curiosity and wanting to learn, but I just knew I had a lot of like knowledge gaps. I felt like I was um, learning by the school of hard knocks, (laughs) I was trial by fire, like I was learning operations and learning strategy and learning finance and learning supply chain management and budgeting and leading an entire operation by doing it. And I think you can learn a lot that way. But I knew there was a lot I was missing and I wanted to fill those knowledge gaps. And to me, an MBA was the right path to pursue to one you know, get my graduate degree complete. And I wanted to make sure I went to grad school. But two, an MBA was what I needed professionally to really kind of like round out where I was and, and where I am right now.
0: What what attracted you to DART?
1: Um, a couple things, you're gonna laugh, but DART um, was the only program I applied to um, because my husband back in 2018, uh, we moved to Charlottesville not to go to Darden, he went to UGA Med School. So he started two years before me, and I was working remotely with Amazon and doing my thing. And in the middle, towards the end of his first year, I was like, Hmm, you know, I have some time on my hands, and I really wanted to get my grad degree. And, and I'm, you know, leading in operations at Amazon, and I really wanna, I really wanna do this. And I was like, There's a top ten MBA program in my backyard. Why don't I just apply? So I waited until his second year, and I applied so that I could graduate the same time, the same month, the same year as him, and so our timelines would match up perfectly. And uh, you know, by all graces out there, it all worked out. I got accepted, and and uh, we were able to graduate together on the same day.
0: Uh, there's a lot of planning that goes into this. You know, people are trying to find this maybe not a perfect time, but the window that makes sense for all the other people in, in, in their lives. And so that makes total sense, what you what you shared there. So you start as a as a Darden student. Uh, you mentioned graduate school was a goal of yours. Um, you had a vision for how an MBA could be helpful to you. But you're a brand new student at Darden. What was that that adjustment process like? It
1: was I want to say it was significant, um, It was because I had to determine pretty quickly how I could best use my time, knowing the commitments of Darden. So I knew I had my weekend residencies. I had LR1. I had to plan for my classes at night. I had to find time for my homework and meeting with my learning team and all the details that go into the MBA experience. And so time management was a big piece. And oh by the way, Brett, I found out I was pregnant just a couple weeks. Before LR1 started, which completely like changed my plans and how I approached my MBA, so definitely caused me to critically think about time management and how I was going to do everything.
0: Uh, yeah, I I wanted to talk more about this. I'm glad I'm glad you brought it up because I. I... Recall you had an addition to your family um, and, you know, that is that is a big adjustment for anybody, let alone someone going through an executive MBA program, working a full time job, doing all of these things uh, together. So um, tell us a little bit more about your time management strategies, how you figured out a schedule that worked for you and, and your family.
1: Yeah, I joke I could probably teach a master class in time management at this point, because layering on to that, I was also an actively drilling reservist. So I was attached to a unit. So I had reserve responsibilities on top of balancing which weekend I had drill, which weekend I had my MBA, which weekend my husband was actually going to be traveling at another hospital in another state for his medical school training. And then just layering on everything. And when I had my OBGYN appointments, when I had to be in class, it, I had a calendar. My husband and I would sync up all of our activities. So I put my work schedule in there. He put his, uh, med school schedule in there when he was going to be at this hospital or this hospital or, or when he had his big tests and I had to layer on my reserve schedule and I had to figure out all the, I would highlight all the conflicts. And then I would just, I would do it quarter by quarter. I literally just, I tried to keep it as simple as possible. If I could do it quarter by quarter, I was going to be okay and keep myself on track and keep my sanity. And so we literally had this like shared calendar where I would like literally just, make sure I could do everything. And I had time to do things. And um, it actually worked out. I don't know how. Um, Maybe that was the golden strategy was just seeing everything and being able to identify the conflicts. But it all worked out. And I attended all my classes. I don't think I missed like a single class except when I was delivering my baby during Q3. Um, And my husband was able to graduate on time and I graduated on time and it all worked out.
0: Well, I want to talk about this a little bit more because time management, I mean, this is really, I think it's one of the big challenges for any executive MBA student. It's always interesting to hear how people do this. Um, So you have this share calendar. So you're going every couple of months. Um, So you mentioned quarter by quarter. (laughs) okay all right so uh, just for people who are learning about our program uh in in the executive mba program uh, you'll get new classes every couple months uh so quarters are two months in duration so as Liz is talking about quarter by quarter typically taking three classes at a time and uh the quarters themselves you know it's eight typically about an eight week uh quarter uh seven weeks of instruction followed by one week of, of exams um and so that's the basic basic outline so you and your family, your husband sitting down, uh, looking at this calendar, identifying all the conflicts. How do you figure out when you have time? So you do all of that. So then how do you figure out like time for school or time for homework or learning team or any of that kind of stuff?
1: Well, I had a couple of things that were to my benefit. One, it was still COVID time. So I was still working remotely. So I had that work flexibility. My work wasn't challenging me to travel. So I didn't really have to worry too much about business travel. I just kind of postponed everything. I was lucky too, because my reserve unit commander was very flexible. And put a priority one with like your civilian job because your civilian job pays the bills, not the reserves. And then the second thing is uh, they really prioritize education. So I was able to put my weekend residencies ahead of drill whenever there's a conflict and I would just make up the drill later. So my unit was extremely flexible. I don't think everyone is as lucky. And I just think I had a, a good commander, a, a good, you know, relationship there. And so I was able to then prioritize my MBA and luckily, I also had a great boss at Amazon. And um, because when you apply to the executive program, you have to have, have you know, the, uh, you know, recognition. I think it was the sponsorship from your um, civilian employer. Like they have to recognize and acknowledge that you're going through the program before you, you know, matriculate in, into the program. And so I had a conversation with my boss up front, and he was more than supportive to give me the time off I needed to do my weekend residencies. I.e., I was gone at least one day a month. For, for school. And then I was busy in the evenings for class. And on certain evenings, I just could not take work calls if there was a conflict. Luckily, I had a team at work who understood that. And so that meant that I could then prioritize my MBA where I needed to. Um, and yeah, going back to the question you asked me about my husband, we were able to then determine, well, okay, and especially when I had the baby, when I had to take my final exams, or when I had to take night classes, I just had to tell him, "Hey, Tuesdays, Thursdays, between 7:30 and 9, or whenever the hours were." I was like, "I'm out. Like, I'm in. my mind is in class. I I cannot physically be present anywhere else besides my computer in my home office." Then he would just pick up all the slack. There's a couple times where that didn't work out, and I actually had to recognize that in advance and hire a babysitter. And there's a couple times where I didn't know until the last minute, and so I had a baby pop on camera a bunch of times <laughs> between Q3 and when I graduated because I had to bring a baby with me to my virtual classes. Um, but but luckily, that wasn't too many times.
0: Yeah, I, I appreciate your sharing all of that. I think the details are helpful for people to hear. I mean, this is this is real life as, as an executive MBA student. We have many parents who become first-time parents or have new additions to their family, moms, dads, uh, during the program. Um, how many hours do you feel like you spent uh, on school? I know it varied uh, on a per week basis. Like, do you feel, do you feel like you have a handle on that?
1: It was a lot more than I thought going into the program. I think when I applied, I was like, Oh, this will be easy. You know, just a couple days here and there. It's an executive program. <laughs> I was, I uh, didn't do as much research as I probably should have about the time commitment. Um, it was more because I cared about doing well and I wanted to make sure I was prepared for every class. I think I over-prepared. My husband tells me I overprepared. <laughs> my learning team tells me I over Um, but that was just kind of my my strategy. I felt like I would best maximize you know, the time I spent in my MBA program and the utility of of having an MBA by doing all the reading and all the homework myself up front and going to class, like knowing everything. And of course that's the DARTA method, right? We, you you do the homework assignment, you do the work, you do the readings before you shift to class so that when you do arrive, you, you could, you to stand up and teach it hypothetically. Um, so I would say, gosh, let's say I had two classes that were each an hour and a half. So that's three hours right there. Learning team would mean an hour before each one on, you know, most quarters. So that was another two hours. That's another five, it's five. And then if you factor in like tests and whatnot, I'm spending probably five to seven at a minimum each week for my MBA. But then if you layer on uh, homework, that's probably another couple more hours. It's probably closer to 10, to be honest.
0: That makes sense. I mean, that that checks out. Um, so you talked about, you know, your husband uh, supporting you as so you have uh, you know, class commitments and that kind of stuff thing. The other, the other thing I think about is, is classmates. Um, how, how did your classmates help you through this? You mentioned your learning team. Um, any, any other examples that come to mind?
1: Yeah, uh, 100%. Um, I mean, I love my Darden time. I miss it. I miss it because of just the camaraderie. I think Darden does a really good job with early on, very intentionally focusing some of the discussions around um, team building. And relationship building with, you know, with and amongst your classmates. Um, so very early on, I got to know so many of my fellow classmates in the program beyond just my learning team, and they were immensely helpful for me. Uh, Darden is a collaborative environment. I I think Darden is just very intentional about being collaborative, and so when I was stuck on assignments and I'm just like, oh, I need help explaining this finance concept because this is, you know foreign to me, um, I would reach out to my classmates sitting some the left and right of me in, in our residencies and ask for help. And no one would ever say no. Everyone said say yes. So just that high level of collaboration and willingness to support was so helpful. And of course, learning team model, I fully support it because you one, have like built-in best friends from day one. So you don't feel alone, especially eating at lunch and uh, you know, just reaching out for help. But um no, I, I got help from everyone. And then when I had my baby, I I just had the help from every angle. I remember I had a group assignment due. And in the hospital, I messaged my my team. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm going to I'm not, I can't complete my section. I can't complete my part of this group assignment. I feel like I'm letting you down. And I felt so terrible because I just, I couldn't. And um, they were like, Liz, why do you care so much? They're like, we've got you, we'll we'll do your section. We'll make sure you get full credit. Like we're here for you. Um, and I was like, I'll send you what I can, but they, they already took care of it. And so I just think that there's a lot of just support in the Darden system and uh, anyway. I really appreciated it.
0: it. Was there a point where you felt like, okay, we've got this a little bit more settled, maybe found a rhythm, or was it just really every quarter was kind of its own its own thing?
1: There definitely was a rhythm, um, and I think I settled into it eventually, um, especially when it came just to figuring out when was my time to get you know prepare for classes, like when could I actually do the reading, when could I fit in you know, time to meet with my learning team. I think at first, like everyone's just trying to figure it out. Like, when's the best time to meet? Are you a morning person? Are you an evening person? Are you before or after dinner person? Like, what is your work schedule? Um, uh, so I, I think once we went through that whole, like probably it took two or three quarters to feel like comfortable with like how to prepare and how to fit in the assignments. Um, but then after that, I just felt more comfortable. I also just became a, just a faster reader for all of our case cases we were assigned knowing like okay these are the types of questions that are typically asked i need to really focus on this okay i need to highlight these stuff. like i would i would just have my own framework for how to approach it that i would just kind of develop over time
0: well what you just described there, that framework i mean that's absolutely what the case method is about right so you know you prepare for class you go to class uh, but there's this fourth step in the learning learning process it's reflect reflection it's reflecting on what was discussed a class and the questions that were asked, things that you saw, things that you missed, you know, where did the discussion go? And then you're supposed to think about how do you build that into the next case that you read and, and thinking about where you think the discussion's gonna go and anticipating that. And it's an iterative process, um, but that that four step, super important in a Socratic learning environment to reflect on how the case discussion, actually how the discussion went and what that means, the implications of that for the next the next case, the next class.
1: Completely agree.
0: So what was the most surprising uh, thing uh, for you about, about your Darden experience?
1: The most surprising thing. I think I was surprised just with how much I liked it and how much I would just look forward to the weekend residencies. Not, uh, you know, I think going up to DC was for me fun. I was in Charlottesville going up there one week in a month was an awesome opportunity um I enjoyed just the the relationships with classmates the um very interesting professors um the the just the learning environment at C family grounds um the different like Saturday night Live and the Friday night live events that were put on and like our social functions we had a social chair which you know that matters because that's that's a key in networking. And that's how you get to know people and build those relationships. I I just was surprised by, I just thought approaching an MBA would be really static and only focus on academics. And I thought it would be um, on just the more like academic, academic side, but the whole Darden experience went so far beyond just the textbooks and the cases in the classroom—it was like an entire experience, and I wasn't expecting that, and it was such a delight to me.
0: I appreciate you saying that. I think a lot of people, when they think about an executive MBA program, they do think of something that's much more transactional, right? People are very busy, got a lot going on, just going to come to class, get the degree, move on. Very different experience uh, at Dart uh, to your point. Um, what do you but think I the think- impact? Oh, yeah, go ahead, please.
1: I would say, that, but if someone wants that experience, they can also have that. That's the thing. It's kind of a make your own adventure. If you're there and you only have time for the academics and you're going to show up to class and you don't have time for all the other stuff, you don't have to do everything. You can get as involved as you want. And for me, I found my balance and I think other people found their balance. And I I think you can, I don't think there's an expectation that you have to do all this other stuff, but it's there. And that's the nice thing. It's there and it's always there. And you're always welcome to participate in these, you know, school sponsored events and then like classmate sponsored events. And and it just went so far beyond that. So I always felt like I had a community and I could just jump in and jump out whenever I had bandwidth or I didn't have bandwidth.
0: What do you think of as the impact of of your Dart experience?
1: I honestly, I think I'm more... <laughs> well-adjusted person, and I know that sounds kind of odd, but I think um, going into my MBA, I still was trying to figure out, you know, like I said in the beginning, like, what do I want to be when I grow up, and do I want to stay at this company? Like, is this the right path? I was asking all these ultimate questions. This is I'm alluding to Andy Wick's class right now. I was asking the ultimate questions. Who am I when I show up at work? Like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Like how do I show up and you know do my best every day? What does that actually mean? I was asking myself all these questions but I just spun myself in circles because I just never really knew the answer or how to approach the answer. And the MBA provided a framework to enable me to think big about myself as a human on this earth and myself as a professional in, in Part of the cog or the wheel of you know the corporate world and and figure out is this where i want to be and what do i what do i want to do with my career so i thought the entire darden experience was extremely transformative in that in that way
0: that's that's very powerful i will tell you um it's always surprising to to me I mean, when i first came to work with business school students i, I worked with law students previously and so i imagined when you know, i started talking to people about the impact of their garden experience they were going to say oh accounting finance all this technical stuff to a person there is a lot more focus on how they developed personally and grew personally through this experience which i i I think is a very powerful thing i mean it speaks to the nature of experience it's transformational right it's not transactional it's designed to push you uh to to do this work Uh, you take a class like ultimate questions that's an elective but even the whole thing is really designed um to to get you to engage with yourself in in that kind of way,
1: absolutely. Like the Darden Career Center and all the classes we take with them, really just challenges you to think beyond just the academic curriculum. It's it's so it's so it's like where do you want to take your career? Let's talk about like resumes. Let's talk about applying to jobs. Let's talk about different job industries. Let's talk about, are you a climber? Are you a switcher? Are you an entrepreneur, right? All these different tracks you could be on. And no one really has those conversations unless you're in an environment that's structured to have those conversations. And Darden, I appreciate the fact that the total curriculum doesn't, it's not just finance, accounting, strategy, like all your core classes. It goes beyond that and includes a whole suite of electives, which is, you know, you can tailor to what you're interested in. And it has all these other skill sets that will really help you as just a business professional and also as a person. Can
0: you tell us a little bit about the ultimate questions elective? Because um, we talked with Andy on office hours and um, he, he obviously working on a book based on it. Um, but it's always fun just to hear from the student perspective.
1: Happy to. Um, I, I, came into Darden, um, a couple, when I applied to Darden, I, the first person I told was my dad and he was very proud of me a couple months later. And before I started at Darden, my dad passed away very suddenly. And so that had a profound impact on me and has continued to have a profound impact on me because I started to think about, you know, who do I want to be at the end of my life? And I started to ask myself these questions I read this great book by Michael Hyatt called Living Forward, which actually teaches you to think at the end of your life and then work backwards. Um, and then, then you live forward. Um, and I started to think about well, am I on the right path? Is this, am I leading the life I want? Will I have regrets on my deathbed about what I did or did not do? And all these things. And when I heard of Andy Wick's class, I was like, I had an aha moment. I'm like, ah, he's asking challenging us to think about the same things I'm challenging myself to think about right now. And he was asking better questions. And um, the way he structured the class was that each, each class had a question. It was centered around a question. Uh, one of the ones I threw out earlier was, uh, who do you want to be when you show up to work? Uh, that's a great question. I think everybody asks that question to themselves. Who, who are you and, and who do you want to be when you show up? And that that class in of itself, I remember it very strongly because I thought in terms of who I am at Amazon, am I, am I Liz when I show up to Amazon? Or do I put on a mask of Liz, the you know the business operations you know program manager, the manager at Amazon? Is that, is that a different person? Am I leading authentically? Am I also happy when I show up to work? Do I need to be happy when I show up to work, or is work more transactional? Or do I need work in this job, in this title, in this pedigree, whatever, to fulfill me? There's no right answer. And I think that was the intent of his class. There are no right answers, but there are so many questions. And each person can interpret them differently. So uh, the final exam for his class um, incorporated writing an obituary. And I uh, took that as an opportunity to really you know, introspectively think about my life and my impact and, and who, again, who, who I want to be. And, you know, some people might think, well, I'm writing an obituary in your MBA program. Like, what's the connection? Well, the connection is it it challenges you to think about your life. And, and are you leading the life you want? Are you doing everything intentionally and, and by design, right? Anyway, that exercise was a profound, you know, transforming moment for me, and it's something that I have staged and I care a lot about. So when I think back on my MBA, there's a handful of classes that have meant a lot to me. And I just carry the knowledge with me every day. And that one is without a doubt one that I take and carry with me.
0: Well, I got to ask you this for natural follow up. What's another class uh, that you still carry with you today or made that kind of impression on you?
1: Um, I took a great class with Frank and Veronica Warnock. And it was all about your impact on society, right? And I think they're both a phenomenal duo, an amazing couple, great educators and great philanthropists and members of the community who champion social impact. I took their class, I think it was Q4. So it was kind of early on. And after taking their class and thinking about, well, what impact do you have in society? Like, especially as a business leader, how do you think about your Company, your firm's greater impact in the world. How can you then go back and, and make a difference? And after taking their class um, with Dr. Frank and Veronica Warnock, I, I decided I was going to make an internal switch. It was like, it was like this light bulb went off. I was like, I need to do something different at Amazon to have an impact in this world. And that is when I joined uh, the Global Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion team at Amazon. And I, I started like, right, essentially was like a month after their class, I started with them or a couple of months, maybe. And through that, I was able to just see a different lens of how like a fortune one company, fortune 10 company, right, can have social impact and make and do, do good in the community around the world. And um, anyway, so their class challenged me to think as a business leader, how can I increase my impact in the world in a very positive way. And uh, anyway, that that led me to an internal switch, a very tangible output on how it impacted my life um, and then my focus at work.
0: I'm thinking about that switch. So you were primarily in like operations, operations. strategy mm-hmm. type roles, and you moved to the global diversity, equity and inclusion team.
1: Absolutely. I, uh, doing business operations. So my core skill set, it was within the same, you know, job, you know, family, but the team I was on was different. And it's not to say that you can't have social impact in operations. You, you certainly can. My fulfillment center, we would do donat- donations. And when we would, um, you know, liquidate out items in our fulfillment centers, like we, we would donate and we would do volunteer events and was very active in our affinity group network um, across the Amazon. So you, I think no matter where you are as a business leader, you can find ways to have impact. But after taking their class, I just wanted to amplify that. I wanted to go to the top. And so I worked directly for the VP that led DEI globally at Amazon to see from that perspective, how can a company this big continue to shape the world in a very positive way and do positive social impact?
0: Wow, that is that is a great story. Um, Liz, is there any other sort of like lessons or things that you still think about from your, your time at Darden that, that guide you as, as you go through your day-to-day?
1: I, I would honestly say one of the greatest takeaways that I have from just my darn experience and one that I would certainly just pass on to people who are thinking about starting their MBA, but maybe are apprehensive because they have other life commitments. Firstly, everybody has other life commitments in the executive program. Everyone's a working professional. Half the people are parents and have other activities in their lives that are, you know, important and take that, take up their time. And so I think there's a thousand reasons to say no to opportunities, Um, especially when you're busy and you have a family and there's everything. And there's always, there's always like that sense of self-doubt. I don't think I can do this, but my challenge to everyone. And I think I'm proof of that is if something is important to you, and especially if you have a great support system around you, nothing can hold you back from achieving your goals. There's always a way.
0: That's such a good point. I, I think when we, as a, we on the admissions team talk with respective students, it does feel like there's a lot of assumptions people have about who they are and who can be in an executive MBA program. And maybe this imposter syndrome of feeling like they're not the right kind of candidate. But there's also a lot of life stuff that people bring up. Oh, I this, I have this commitment or I have this other thing. And I just don't know if now is the right, right time. Um, and what we always tell people is like, I, I could find you know 10 executive MBA students who had more on their plate, less on their plate uh, than any particular prospective student. Everybody's kind of going through uh, this program, got different things they're contending with, uh, but it can be done um, and it absolutely can be. Um, it's just a question I think a lot of times is sort of making the decision and committing to it and then putting structure in your life, uh, people at home, people at work, finding those people who could really help you through uh, the process and, and to your comment earlier, you also have all these great classmates who are going through the same thing and also willing to help you along.
1: Yeah, 100%. Totally agree.
0: Well, Liz, what are you looking forward to in the the coming months? So exciting that you're on the West Coast. Uh, I I didn't know that until this interview. So it's great.
1: Uh, Well, Brett, life does not stop. Life continues on. And there are so many things that happen after the MBA, especially for me. Well, uh, a big thing is I'm due for baby number two in March, <laughs> so that's my big announcement, um, and that is going to continue to challenge me as a working mom. Um, actually, because of um, having my first baby, I I became a I joined the global board for families at Amazon, so I am continuously trying to champion, support, and understand more about how to support our working parent population and then how to be a successful working parent, working mom myself. And so I'm going to double that in March and become a parent for the second time. Um, And so I don't know, maybe check back in with me in a couple of months and see how I'm holding up. But uh, I'm very excited for the road ahead.
0: Well, congratulations! That is that is awesome news. Um, you know, I so I so enjoy uh, catching up with alums here on the podcast because I get to hear about all the exciting things that have happened for them professionally, but also personally. I think that's such a treat. So, congratulations uh, to you and, and your family, Liz. Um, can't uh, can't wait to hear hear more uh, about that uh, in twenty twenty four. So, um, tell tell us uh, last question. A word of advice uh, for the prospective student listeners. Obviously, you shared a lot uh, here already, but something you would encourage them to think about as they go forward on their own MBA journeys.
1: I think in addition to what I said earlier, I think it's so important to to think strategically about your support system, because you can't go through the MBA program alone in a complete silo. It is a total experience. And if you wanna maximize the value of your MBA, you gotta be all in. And when you're all in, it's gonna come out of cost here and there. And having other members of your family, friends, community understand and support you will only enable you to be more successful. So that means frank conversations with boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, significant other, talking with mom, dad, brothers, sisters, other folks around you and letting them know and especially work relationships too, because you're gonna need time off from work. You're not gonna to wanna to answer work calls during a weekend residency or during LR1 or LR2. Work is just gonna to have to wait and having those expectations up front and building that support system will just make it easier for you.
0: That is great great advice um we always tell people uh, you want to bring people into this process as early as you can help them understand why you're interested in pursuing an MBA, why you're excited about this particular program what the schedule looks like um and what it means for your availability what what it could mean going forward for what you can commit to at work or take on and um, at home as well how they can be helpful to you as well Um, generally people want to want to help um, those are all really, really important conversations. Well, Liz, I'm so happy for you. All the all the things uh, that are going going so well for you professionally, and also the exciting news for you personally. Um, thank you so much for for taking uh, time out for the podcast. It's great catching up with you.
1: Thank you so much, Brett. I'm honored. It's great talking with you today.
0: And that was my interview with Liz Brunette, a recent graduate in our Executive MBA class of 2023. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, We're All Ears, we can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at dart.virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.